evening and welcome to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington on this live special broadcast about Pope Francis' mission for peace in South Sudan. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Saturday, February 4, 2023. Pope Francis tells South Sudanese leaders to put their words into action. Dice, basta. Basta. Señor Presidente, Signori Vicepresidenti, in nome di Dio, del Dio che insieme abbiamo pregato a Roma, del Dio mite e umile di cuore. And some South Sudanese on the streets of Juba say they expect the visit of Pope Francis to bring change to the country. My name is called Lavina Roba. I'm here to welcome the coming of the Pope to South Sudan. I'm very happy to see Pope today. Also, I'm very proud to see Pope today. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. With me in the studio on this live broadcast are two important guests. Ambassador Philip Yadanatana, the South Sudan Ambassador to the United States, and Brian Adeba, the Deputy Director of Policy at Sentry here in Washington. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this special broadcast, but just hold on to your seats. I will come back to you shortly after the news. Pope Francis urged South Sudanese leaders to do more for change in the country. President Salva Kiir assured Pope Francis that Sudanese politicians would work very hard to put an end to the violence in the country. Pope Francis and two other Christian religious leaders who are still in Juba are calling on South Sudanese leaders to move from words to deeds. In a blunt language, Pope Francis told the leaders Friday, and I quote, It's not enough to call your country a republic. You must act. End of quote. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wood reports from Juba. Calling his visit a pilgrimage of reconciliation, Pope Francis said his visit should represent a change of direction, an opportunity for South Sudan to resume sailing in calm waters, taking up dialogue without duplicity and opportunism. Speaking in Italian at the presidential palace, the pontiff said each citizen should know the time has come to stop being carried along by tainted waters of hatred, tribalism, regionalism, and ethnic differences. He urged South Sudanese to respect one another, to get to know one another, and to engage in dialogue. Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, said he is disappointed that the 2018 peace agreement is not being fully implemented, saying leaders cannot pick which parts they like to carry out and leave the rest. I am sad that we still hear of such tragedy. We hoped and prayed for more. We expected more. You promised more. We cannot pick and choose parts of a peace agreement. Every part must be done by every person. And that costs much. But the answer to peace and reconciliation 
is not in visits like this, but it is in your hands. Archbishop will be called the on leaders to listen to the voices of young people, South Sudan's majority population. We come to encourage the church, dear sisters and brothers in Christ. Remember your wonderful work in building peace and bringing people together. Even today, the Bishop of Kajakeji, the acting Bishop of Kajakeji, has gone down after the massacre yesterday to comfort the bereaved. In the latest spate of intercommunal violence on the eve of the Pope's visit, 27 people were killed in Kajukeji County of Central Equatoria State. A local official said the fighting involved cattle herders and militia fighters. The moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, Ian Greensills, says President Keir and South Sudan's various vice presidents should live up to their words. We need leaders who care about the values by which our countries live, who care about the conditions in which people live, and who act out their faith in work amongst the most vulnerable and marginalized. These things make for peace. President Keir said the visit by the three religious leaders should make him and other leaders think about the country's tragic past and how to end a decade of conflict. This historic visit of these imminent, uh, prominent global Christian leaders must compel us to engage in deep thinking about our recent history especially on how it relates to the noble task of peace consolidation and, uh, and the important projects of reconciliation and forgiveness among our people. He reiterated his administration's commitment to fast track the implementation of the peace agreement. Civil society activists also say the Pope's visit should renew commitments by the country's leaders to change. Edimonia Kani is the executive director of the Community Empowerment for Progress organization. I want to see a renewal of political pledge among our leaders and change of political attitudes among our leaders. And they should really take the visit of the Pope as a last political opportunity for them to show the international community that they are having a political commitment to deliver South Sudan to the aspiration. The three religious leaders will conduct a mass at Dr. Garang Mausoleum tomorrow before leaving South Sudan. For VON News, I'm working Simon Wudu in Juba. Some residents of the South Sudan's capital, Juba, were in a celebratory mood Friday when Pope Francis, the Anglican Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, and the moderator of the Church of Scotland in Greenshield arrived at Juba International Airport. Residents lined up the streets of Juba to have a glimpse of the pontiff who is visiting the country for the first time in the history of South Sudan. Our reporter Manyang, David Mayar, went to the streets to ask residents about their expectations once Pope Francis leaves the country on Sunday. My name is Hodges Kurosu. I'm really here in Dubai International Airport to welcome His Holiness to our country, South Sudan. And I'm really so happy.
happy to the extent that I can't even express my happiness. And I'm here wishing for the grateful and for the happiness of this country, especially our country, South Sudan. We're so grateful to have this Holy Father here in our country. I'm really so happy. We're wishing for peace. We're wishing for good things to happen, especially here in our country, because here we are not living actually in peace. I'm here because uh, we are here to receiving our Pope. The Pope is coming to our country and I'm very grateful. I'm very, very, very grateful to see uh, the Pope coming to the country. May he just come and bring us peace. We need peace in our nation. We, we are expecting for peace to be here in South Sudan. Because we have been looking for peace and we have been running up and down. My name is Akoni. Uh, I'm from Uganda. So I'm very happy to be here to welcome our country to our country, South Sudan. In my side, I hope, because we are in South Sudanese, we are really suffering. So I hope the coming of hope in our country, South Sudan, I hope it brings peace, the stability, the unity in our people of South Sudan. I'm here in this airport today to welcome our Pope Francis to South Sudan. All of us are happy in this country and we are waiting for blessing of our Pope and we hope he brings for us peace, reconciliation and understanding. My name is called Lavina Robert. I'm here welcome the coming of the Pope to South Sudan. I'm very happy to see Pope today. Also, I'm very proud to see Pope today. Because this is my first time to see Pope. I need only Pope to, to unite as a citizen of South Sudan, to unite as people as one. Yeah, I'm by name Emmanuel Lapo. Uh, today we are very glad, very glad to receive the, the man of God which is the holiness Pope Francis, who is coming to visit our country as the South Sudan. So we are very grateful to receive him with the joy. As you see now, we are dancing and playing everything. We are very happy, very grateful, because we are enjoying the visit of, uh, of the great of man, man of God. That's why we are very happy, because when we see him, just see us like Christ, like God, just fall on the South Sudan. Those were voices of people celebrating the arrival of Pope Francis in Juba. Manyang David Mayer collected those audio from Juba International Airport. Ambassador Philip Jada and uh, Brian Adeva, I'm also happy that you are here to join us on this uh, special broadcast on uh, Pope Francis' mission for peace in South Sudan. Let me start with you, Ambassador Philip Jada. How do you expect uh, this visit to, you know, change lives in South Sudan? Well, uh, first, uh, thank you very much, uh, John Tanza, for having me on this special program of the Pope's pilgrimage uh, to South Sudan. And um, I think, you know, I need just only to maybe to recap on what you have you have aired out during the report uh, for, from people who have spoken in Juba. Um, you know, the, the Christians and those who came out to welcome Pope expressed 
um, you know, their happiness of the of the purpose visit. But I think um, the message is really very clear, even from uh, the Pope, that this is a a pilgrimage of uh, reconciliation. And I think the Pontiff is only doing his his work um, as uh, the the leader of the Catholic Church to go and 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 visit and and look at. Uh, at his Christians, at uh, look at his denomination of Christians in South Sudan, and I think he's just fulfilling uh, his visit. But it comes at a time that people in South Sudan uh, are hopeful and they think that they need more prayers to have peace in South Sudan. Brian, the century has been following issues in Sudan closely, and uh, I'm informed that even you you, you penned an opinion, uh, um, editorial about the visit of the three religious leaders. I mean, how do you see the importance of this visit? I think the importance of this visit is encapsulated uh, in the hope um, that it will um, bring some sort of change to the uh, problems that the people of South Sudan are experiencing. If you listen to the Vox Box um, <coughs> that Manyang did, uh, almost invariably everyone was talking um, about this hope, about how um, you know, peace and reconciliation will be cemented. Um, how um, the conditions that the, the 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 people of South Sudan are actually experiencing right now will change for the better. And also, we see in the Pope's speech actually um, uh, an allusion to these problems. He's saying that you know um, he was it, he was quite blunt. He, he was uh, very subtle in in a way and digging at the system, basically saying you know um, there are uh, outstanding issues on. Um, human rights, on corruption, on good governance that need to be uh, uh, taken care of. Um, and so so I think that's the essence of the, the trip, really. I right. hope that it will change things. Right. Hold your thoughts there. Ambassador Philip, uh, the Pope said enough, 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 three times. That message was really strong, directed towards the leaders. Is something going to change in South Sudan this year? Well, I think the Pope has been consistent. I think this is not the first time that he has actually expressed his wish to see that South Sudan, actually like the rest of the other countries, uh, you know, have uh, peace. And I think he did that uh, in 2019 in Rome when he, he saw the leaders uh, and talked to them and appealed for that peace. But uh, again, you know, to go back to what I've already said in the beginning, you remember that the Pope is not just the Pope sitting in Rome, but he's the leader of these Christians who are in South Sudan. And, and if the, he sees that any of his faithful are under going conditions that he thinks are not really good, I think for him as the pontiff, it's, it's actually his duty, you know, to come and call for that. And I think um, from the response already of the leaders and including the president, I think his message already struck a note. Hold your thoughts there. Let's see from some uh, Christians here in the diaspora. Some South Sudanese Catholic faithfuls in the United States say the Pope's visit to Juba shows the church all over the world stands with the people of South Sudan and feels their suffering. Nabil Biagio spoke to South Sudanese Christian faithfuls in the United States who say they appreciate the papal visit and hope it will lead to peace and unity in South Sudan. Reverend Bazia Boro Ilario Zambakari of St. Mary's Parish in the Diocese of Phoenix, Arizona says the papal visit is a poignant message to the people of South Sudan that the church stands with them. We, the South Sudanese people around the world, are smiling again because the issues of South Sudan is not forgotten. 
the problems that South Sudanese have been going through is known all over the world. And that is why seeing Pope Francis being driven on the streets of Juba brings joy into my heart. Father Zambakari says the visit of the three church leaders sends a strong message of unity, something that South Sudan sorely needs. Seeing Pope Francis and the Archbishop of Canterbury and the Moderator General of the Church of Scotland together in South Sudan shows us that there is need for unity. For Texas-based pastor Bagura Abraham, the visit is about love and forgiveness, and he sends this message of hope to people at home. Brethren, the Pope is a symbol of love, unity, peace, and forgiveness. Being a country renowned for social-political instability, Pope's visitation reminds us to embrace love. But Father Bagoro says when he remembers the 2019 dramatic gesture of Pope Francis kneeling down and kissing the feet of President Salvaquir and his rival Riyakmachar during a Vatican retreat, he can't help but wonder if the two leaders will truly be willing to open their hearts for peace and unity this time around, especially after the Kajukaji massacre. I don't think there can be other tangible achievements given the nature of our leaders. If the Pope would be given the divine respect he deserves, we wouldn't be witnessing a massacre in Kajukeji on the eve of Pope's visit to South Sudan. Despite the holy kiss, last time when the Pope kissed the feet of some of our leaders, imagine how organized wars have occurred in Greater Upper Nile to be exact within the Cholo Kingdom, among other areas. For Sister Betty Banja of the Order of the Sisters of Sacred Hearts in Phoenix, Arizona, the papal visit is a show of solidarity with the people of South Sudan. Amidst all the long years of suffering, the church has finally made a statement that we are not alone, and that is the presence and the visit of Pope Francis to South Sudan. Regardless of the Pope's health, he has sacrificed to set his feet on the soil of South Sudan so that he would feel our suffering and he understands the pain that we are going through. Banja also believes the Pope's visit is tainted by the killings in Kajukeji County, south of Juba. As the Pope's arrived South Sudan, we had still bloodshed massacre that has happened in Kajukeji. May that blood that is said finally brings that unity and reconciliations for the peace that we look for so that we will look at each other as one children of God, as we say, one nation, one tongue, and one tribe. Sister Banja says everyone in South Sudan is looking forward to peace after the Pope's visit and that South Sudan will be one, that people will look at each other as brothers and sisters. For VOA News, I'm Nabil Biagio in Washington. You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on this special broadcast on Pope Francis' mission for peace in South Sudan. We now go live to Juba to my colleague Charlton Doki to give us some updates of what is happening in the town and uh, how are people feeling. Charlton, could you give us the mood in Juba? Could you ask the question again, please? What is happening in Juba after Pope Francis landed there on Friday? Well, a lot of things have been happening in Juba here at Tanzania. Um, 
generally, you may know that people uh, are, are very excited because of the visit of the Pope and the other church leaders. So um, yesterday, if I can start by telling you what happened yesterday, on arrival, the Pope was received by thousands of people. Um, many of these turned up at the airport and on the way, uh, they were leading from the airport to the president's office. They were all there to welcome the Pope as a leader. There was a lot of singing. There was a lot of, you know, celebrations and chanting. So there is a lot of excitement around Juba. Yes, and how is life in Juba? The excitement did I... not end yesterday, but, yeah, the excitement did not end yesterday, but even today. This morning, people woke up very early in the morning because... The Pope and the other church leaders had um, prayers in various churches. So many people turned up at these various locations. And I was reliably informed that the streets are empty, shops are closed. Is that because of security reasons? They, what do you know about that? The, yeah, um, so um, there was an announcement by the government that uh, Friday would be a public holiday. So yesterday was a public holiday. Offices remained closed, but shops also closed because some people, uh, those who were excited, wanted to go and see the Pope, but also some were scared that, you know, usually when the government says it's a public holiday here, sometimes some people are scared to open their shops or their businesses and speaking, because they believe that they might be... Charlton, speaking to the ordinary yes, people on ahead. the streets, speaking to the ordinary people on the street, what, what, what have they been telling you? Well, um, some people generally think that uh, the visit is important because they feel that this will encourage the leaders here to do more to restore peace. But also there are those who think that uh, this visit doesn't really mean much because the Pope, they, know, they, they think the Pope is coming with a message to ask the leaders to do more to restore peace, but they think that it's, it's, it's the leaders here who have the responsibility and they don't know if after the Pope has gone, whether the leaders will really do more to implement the peace agreement and to restore the, to restore the much needed peace. Thank you, so thank, you. To... thank you, thank you, Charlton, for bringing that uh, update and the mood of people in Juba. That was Charlton Doki, VOA's editor and stringer coordinator, based in Juba. Ambassador Philip, I last asked you about the Pope, the message from the Pope, saying enough is enough. And Brian Adeba, you said he was subtle in his uh, messaging. The international community's focus is all now on South Sudan. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, Brian, what should the international community do that they have not done for South Sudanese? I think the international community should double down on uh, the leaders of uh, South Sudan uh, to work hard on implementing the rest of the sections of the peace agreement that are actually untouched right now. If you listen to the Pope's speech, there was one poignant piece uh, on uh, corruption. And if you look at the peace agreement right now, uh, the, chap the chapter that is supposed to deal with rolling back the egregious corruption that is happening in the country, um, that chapter, which is chapter 4, which is supposed to be about reforming the institutions that are supposed to offer accountability, uh, those, that chapter has not been, cha uh, has not been touched yet. And then there's the chapter on peace and reconciliation, cons uh, transitional justice. 
um, a, a little has been done to move things forward much more remains to be done. Correct. And I think that the international community should prioritize this. Correct. Ambassador Philip Jada, uh, last week or some, some few days ago, the government wrote to the United Nations asking for help with elections. South Sudan has oil. Why would the government extend its arm for help? Well, well I think, um, you know, the peace that we have in in South Sudan, the implementation of it, I think the primary responsibility, of course, is the, the the responsibility of the government of South Sudan. But I think you've even asked before about the role of the international community and how they could help out of that. So I think um, we know that the United Nations and the international community have got actual experience in conducting elections. So as you know, you know, election is not an event, but it's a process that needed to be started, you know, a, a little bit earlier. So when the government of South Sudan asks for the help of the United Nations, it's not only about asking really for money, but I think there are, there are technical know-hows, uh, you know, they need support maybe in, in, in trying to set up the proper channels on how you can conduct a credible uh, election. Brian Adeba, there's this uh, repeated, you know, buzzword that comes out when you talk about South Sudan, lack of political will. This has been what every, uh, if you like, warring parties will blame the other, saying there is lack of political will. You are saying that the international community should double down on the leaders. Do you see any political will from the leaders to move forward? I think there has been um, some commendable um, progress in implementing the peace agreement and uh, the provisions on power sharing and uh, security arrangements. I think that's commendable. Uh, that shows that there is a little bit of uh, a will to move things forward. But again, I think when you look holistically at how the peace agreement has been implemented, the piecemeal nature of implementing the peace agreement um, talks to us about lack of uh, a holistic attitude towards, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, garnering the necessary political will to move forward. So I think the, the leaders of South Sudan still have much more to do, and they they should exert that effort to 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 um, master the, what is required to holistically implement the peace agreement. Ambassador Philip, uh, President Kiir once said the agreement is a very difficult one to implement, and uh, he is. He urged, you know, politicians to give the government time to be patient. What is your take on that? Well, I think when there is hunger, whether it's hunger for peace or hunger for, for food, you know, people always become very impatient. And I think um, when you tell people that you need to be patient and they're hungry and food is in front of them, majority of them might not listen, you know. So I think but. We need also to be very practical, you know. I mean, aspects of the agreement, as you've, you've seen, all of them are spelled out there. Everybody signed for it, but the implementation, as you put it, it's, it's, it's very difficult because of the context of what is happening, is happening there. So, and I think we need to be very critical and look at the issues as they are and say, okay, what are the, some of these difficult um, parts of the agreement which cannot be implemented and what needs to be done. And I think that's the engagement. And I think that came out very positively on the Pope's speech when he said, you know, he's here like to hold out his hand and see that he accompanies uh, the people and the leadership of South Sudan to have peace in, in, in South Sudan. And I think that should be the attitude. Thank you very much. Uh, Brian, just a parting shot here and uh, we'll come back to you with your parting shot. Our time is, has run. 
but I wish we could have enough time to continue with this discussion. Brian, parting shot from you. I think the, the Pope's visit is a, a good moment to reflect on the unimplemented sections of the peace agreement. The people of South Sudan need peace more than anything, and I think the politicians should uh, move forward and heed what the Pope said and implement the agreement in its entirety. Ambassador Philip. I think the Pope spoke to three categories. He spoke to the leadership, but he spoke also to the Christians, but he spoke also to the people of South Sudan. And I think in each, um, he addressed what they actually need to do to see that peace is implemented. So this is a joint uh, program, and I, I think, and I really ask that all of the categories that are spoken to really heed the words of the Holy Father, and we move on with this uh journey of peace. We'll leave it at that. Thank you, Ambassador Philip Jada, South Sudan's ambassador to the United States, and Brian Adeva, Deputy Director for Policy at the Century. That's all we prepared for you on this special edition on Pope Francis' mission for peace in South Sudan. I'm John Tanza in Washington. Thanks for taking time to be with us. Remember to join us again next week for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America. Don't do all